0: listening to the Novel Universe podcast, a monthly YA-lit podcast hosted by Dawn Abram and Elise Martinez, YA librarians from the Chicagoland area. Each episode features reviews and rants on new and upcoming YA books. We're here to help you navigate your TBR pile, what's good, what's bad, and everything in between. I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books,
1: and I'm Elise, the rejecter of romance. So
0: turn up the volume, here we go. novel universe and this is our first read along with the universe in October and we are reading The Beautiful by Renee Adier and that sigh tells you everything
1: (laughs) um we I don't remember if we explained why we're reading this book but because it's popular right so we are not fans of Renee Adier so that is going to inform you as to the tone within which we review and discuss this book um we're trying. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna give yep. her a clean slate. I'm yep. like, maybe she's grown. Yeah. I'm not
0: gonna judge her from her previous books. Same. Yeah.
1: Every I book. Too soon. Every book is different. Um, but this has been probably the worst. It's the worst.
0: It's 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 nominated for worst of the year. It's
1: it's absolutely. Nominated. I'm on
0: page hundred. It's already bad. Yeah.
1: It yeah. guys. It's rough. Like 15 pages in. So anyway, um, Sorry. we're gonna jump right in. We're gonna do a um like. Summation of what has happened in this book so far and then kind of go into more details of what we do or don't like. So, would you like to do the synopsis? Um, am I doing the synopsis or the summation? Aren't they the same thing? I don't know.
0: Yeah, just summary. Okay, so we're doing, we read pages 1 through 98. Mm-hmm. So we are, um, up to this point, we have met Céline. She is French. She's from Paris. It is 1872. 1872 in uh, New Orleans and she is on a boat from France because she has done something and she is on the boat with several other girls and they're on their way to live in a convent I believe. So she's only there for a couple of days and the time that she's there she basically has to make money for the convent and her specialty is she's a seamstress very fancy seamstress and so she makes um handkerchiefs to start off someone notices her handkerchiefs and invite her to make her a fancy dress and her and her best friend pippa are rolling trolling
1: new orleans just kind of you know looking at the being two girls on the town in 1872 i know <laughs> which does not happen i don't know i didn't live then well it's i don't know if you read any book, <laughs> slash watch any period drama, yeah, you will notice that if you were alive before the Victorian, during, after, and before the Victorian era, this was not something that was done. And Adia does, like, have that conversation, but for, like, mm-hmm. two pages. Anyway.
0: So that's what happens in the first well, did I miss something? Big. Well, no, no, no. Okay. You didn't
1: miss anything. But um, as they are like, y- you mentioned that someone notices her, her handkerchiefs. It's a woman named Odette, and Odette h- basically hires Celine to come and make dress, make a dress for her, like you mentioned, and that leads them to a place called Jacques, which is what does she call it? A, a culinary domain, which is really just called a restaurant. Um, and so they meet. Odette, and they learn that Jacques is basically like a refuge slash like salon for people who dabble in magic, and they call it like mentalists and illusionists. Illusionists, yes. Um, so that is what that is what's happened in the first section of chapters here. Now let's break it down. Um, I. When when we're when we're meeting the characters in the beginning of the story, Adie tries really hard to develop her characters, but does so in a way that really doesn't tell me anything about them. Yeah. And one thing that I wrote down in my notes is that she seems to default to an over reliance of apparent cultural stereotypes. So I I noted that um sorry my my mouse is not working apparently Irish people only speak with a really heavy brogue accent and apparently Scottish people are liars because she goes to point out that a couple of the characters like I don't know it's just it drives me nuts and then like Celine she's apparently half Asian half European French and that has yet to come to any bearing in the story. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, but at the same time, it's like, I'm just waving my hands. <laughs> I, it just, <laughs> there wasn't much there. Um, Renee
0: Re- Adier, she kind of does this thing and she's been doing it the entire time I've read her books. And she does, along with what, the, what Elise is saying, she tells and not shows. Uh-huh. So she's constantly the main character's name is Celine. She's constantly telling us that Celine has a pinchant for da- danger. Yeah. Don't tell us. Show us. Show us how she has a pinchant for danger. In it's, fact,
1: it, yeah, all the time. The first time we see that is like eighty pages into the story. If this yeah. is her personality, I was expecting a lot more. Yeah. Dangerous behavior from this character. I mean,
0: she does do dangerous behavior, but she.
1: She her stream
0: of conscience is constantly telling the reader, "I'm dangerous. I'm gonna go play this roulette game because naughty girls don't do
1: that." Or what I'm saying, it, yeah, and like the, her her dialogue doesn't move the story along, but we no. don't even see that until like almost a quarter into the book. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. It's just it's just a lot of it's just a lot of telling and and not showing. And when you are setting your book in a very lush mm-hmm. city as New Orleans, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, she does kind of show New Orleans. So that's not the point. It's Celine. Yeah. She doesn't build her characters. It's
1: never Adie's world building that bothers me. No. It's, it's her good. characters. It's her characters. Mm-hmm. They're not great. There's another part um, back towards the beginning when they are being assigned. So this is this is something that I found odd. Yeah. yeah. So when they get to the convent, um. As I'm assuming, most travel was prearranged for young women back in the day, Mm -hmm. probably by a family member or some kind of estate manager or something. So, if you are being sent to this convent, there is a reason that you're going there. And Adie drops these girls off at the convent, tells the reader how all of the other girls have skills applicable to the convent's purposes, except for Celine. Pippa, her, her British friend that's coming with her, and this other girl named Annabelle, who's the Scottish non-liar. <laughs> and she says that Annabelle's skill is that she's been trained in business, and she's got extensive, like, background with, like, again, just having uh, a business education. Uh, I don't remember what Pippa's skill is. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, and then Celine's is just, again, that she's a seamstress. Yeah. First of all, I don't know how a convent doesn't need a seamstress. I don't know. If either. you know how to sew fancy shit, I'm sure you can fix buttons and hems and make frocks. You get what
0: I'm saying? I mean, people made their outfit. They made their clothes. I watched Little House right. on the Prairie. Right. They make their clothes, and Mary makes money by selling clothes that she's made.
1: Right. That is a thing. <laughs> and in it, so either way, it doesn't make sense. No. In this world, if no one sews, then Celine would be a huge asset. So anyway, they they stick these three girls together to basically like be fundraisers for the convent. And Adie tells us tells us that Annabelle has come up with a complete business plan for their little booth and how they're gonna draw people to the booth and make money. And then again, when we get there, none of that is shown. Annabelle, in fact, is just standing around bored. Complaining that no one's coming to their booth. Well, what happened to your business plan? <laughs> Don't give us those details if you're yeah. not going to substantiate it in the plot. If you need a different way to get these girls to the market, then you got to do the work. Well, see, this is where I thought maybe she put this in her story, Addie
0: wrote these girls like this, because they weren't really picked to go to this convent because of their skills, they were really picked because this is a vampire story, so maybe they're being picked to be food, that's the only other reason I can think of why Mm -hmm. she
1: did that. Right, so she starts, as you're reading her books, you start to question these little details because they make zero sense. Yeah and in doing so you essentially predict the entirety of this story as we were doing we were sitting here like this is going to happen and this is going to happen and so far everything that i have said has been mostly the case yeah not me not not quite i have a couple and
0: like elise said if i'm bored i start to i have to entertain myself somehow so i entertain myself through prediction yeah and i try to pick out itty bitty things because audier writes on the nose And I'm predicting that Pippa is a lesbian because at some point,
1: I don't know if she was looking at a guy or something. In... Where is it? What chapter is this? Chapter, the equivalent of chapter four, Celine notices that Pippa seems to have zero interest in young men. And that's one of the reasons she likes her because she's not like a flighty young female who's like, oh my God, every guy. Um, But pippa goes to great lengths to say oh i just haven't found the right young guy they're the yeah. young the nice a nice man yet for me to basically settle down and marry it's like code for because i don't like him <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> that's like that was like red flag red flag yeah um yeah that okay
1: mm-hmm.
0: let me see what else
1: um there was a part also in that same chapter, uh, help me, maybe you didn't, I don't know, but I wrote down, Celine slash the author's attempts to comment on the fe- female body air on the side of bodice clutching? Maybe I meant pearl clutching? Or bodice ripping? I'm not sure what I meant there. And I'm not getting any serious commentary here. I should have put a page number. But Adier does this thing where, and I do have a specific example of this later in the, in the book, but... She attempts to deepen her stories and make it relevant to today, you know, to today's reader, to the modern reader, by throwing in these random racial or social commentaries. And it it's just it's just whoop, I'm gonna put that in there. She doesn't t- everything. On. She yeah, it's like
0: there's no transition it's like ever Unrelated
1: content, comment on a female body and moving one yeah. right along. It's like she does it your is your book about racial inequity is it about feminine inequity are you just trying to top you know go through all the topics of today I don't know it's like what's your example so I'll let you talk because I'm gonna have to find it I'm gonna have to dig here well
0: she does that with um like Elise said she just
1: will just throw oh, you found it page 77 okay so let me type this in here Page 77. Oh, yes. Okay, so this is when she has gotten to Jacques the restaurant, and she's looking around the restaurant for this guy that they're supposed to find to lead them to Odette, and she sees this guy as he's just called. He's a man of color. He clearly is running this restaurant, and she she just... The way that she describes this individual is so patronizing. The way that he commanded his pose made me feel inspired for some reason. know what that means (laughs) celine admired his poise he the respect he commanded 10 years ago men with his skin color were held as slaves in the southern part of america forced to work in endless fields beneath a blazing hot sun decade later celine knew they were still not seen as equals much less granted prestigious positions in elegant restaurants directing white men in perfectly pressed jackets the sight of this man of color helming an establishment like Jacques emboldened Celine in a way she could not quite understand.
0: I, oh my God. Yeah, that, that killed me. Um, I took that as Renee Adier is a woman of color. She wants to put diversity in her book. How do I put diversity yeah. in a book in 18th century Emancipation Proclamation was literally 10 years earlier. Mm-hmm. Not even if this is 1872. Yep how can I put racial diversity in a book set five years after the Emancipation Proclamation? So she does this little generic history lesson to kind of like
1: say, here you go, I know it's there. Right, so that's my point. You know, the book has nothing to do with this guy. No. He is a means to an end. So if anything, she's just using him as a literal tool to further her plot. He doesn't like add anything to the story. What plot though? Exactly. Okay. I'm just saying.
0: I don't know. Like, her. so technically her book is not about race. Right, right.
1: So the movement of the story is that she's just trying to get to Odette because clearly Odette has something to do with, yeah. like, the larger scope of the story. So to, to, to have this dialogue just tossed in for a full page is very disorienting. And, like, again, it's the telling of the diversity. It's not the showing of the diversity. It's not an actual, like, like, delving into what that meant for 1872 new orleans it's just like here and then we're moving on mm-hmm. like literally it's just i'm i was told to ask for you to go to odette oh oh yes let, let me take you to her and then we don't we do not see him again it was I just annoying yeah
0: like once again i have to start trying to figure out why she's doing this so i already kind of gave one reason another reason could be that it's racially, she's trying to show racial harmoniousness among vampires. Maybe <laughs> vampires aren't racist? I don't know, because there are several brown people in this little-
1: You know what? That doesn't <laughs> seem, that seems completely anachronistic because even if vampire, even though like vampires are not human, they operate in a human world. And in order to have facil- have faculty and agency in that world, they have to act as humans. Mm-hmm. So they're going to draw attention to themselves if they don't act like other people of their race.
0: I mean, yeah, but I'm I'm saying because they kind of all hang out at this restaurant. Oh, okay. Maybe in this I restaurant, you know. I thought you were but like, I mean, Paris
1: as a whole. But still, not
0: races. I mean, Bas- yeah. Sebastian, he is North She's, African. He's like North
1: African or Spanish,
0: which would be like Egyptian or Moroccan. He's still brown. Mm-hmm. Like, he can't just be walking, traipsing along New Orleans as a brown person.
1: And especially as someone who's acting shifty. You know, she she, go, she waxes on for pages about how he looks so suspicious and he's, like, dangerous looking. It's like no one's taking notice no. of this except
0: Celine. No. And I mean, nowadays, yes, yeah. you can distinguish a North African from a South African because the skin color is different, the the facial features are different. But I'm sure back then when white people saw a brown person, they probably thought everybody was black or African. I don't think they distinguished. You're brown, you're bad. So for him to just be like lurking around all over town, just like chilling, I'm like,
1: I don't think that's the thing. (laughs) Okay, let's just go with it. Yeah, and so before I started this book, that was the major reason that this already has a kind of low rating on Goodreads. You know, this is this is the world we wish we lived in. Yeah. You know, it is. But it's not. Even today, you know, and so she's, people were saying, you know, she's writing these characters like they're like postmodern characters in 1872. Something's not matching here. No, it's not.
0: And at some point in the story, like towards the end part we read, her and Peppa are walking the streets alone at night and you see a brown man. I don't even know what Arjun is. I'm assuming
1: he's, like, Indian. Yeah. Indian or Pakistani.
0: Two brown men beating up a guy in the alley, and you're just going to be like, hey, stop, guys. You're running. In 1872? Even
1: even regardless of their race, two men beating up another man? But I mean, just to add another layer. right? I mean, Pimpa lives in England. They had slavery there, too. Like, I... Yeah, that just didn't... <laughs> Dawn just scratched her head very, I'm like, It like, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. It just doesn't. So, yeah, Strug's defunct with this situation. Um, let's talk about the, ro- sorry, the romance oh that she's clearly setting up in this book. Let's pop back to page 62. Or 59, actually. So this is the chapter where we meet the The novel's main like hero because I don't think he's gonna actually be no. a villain, obviously, because mm-hmm. we when we first meet him, he, again, as I mentioned, he's this like shifty guy crossing a street, but he he gets the undivided attention of every young woman in this carriage, this wagon that they're mm-hmm. on going to the convent. But he has this special eyeball ocular connection with Celine and keeps walking. And then she meets him again in this alley, as you mentioned, where he's, like, shaking down this guy, presumably because he owed him money or something. We don't really find out. Yeah. Regardless. Um, and Celine has this internal dialogue with herself because she is a strong young woman who's dangerous and has bad proclivities, and she's like, what kind of person doesn't stop another man from being beaten to death and she like steps out of the shadows of this alley and she like stop like you said it was just the most pathetic scene but he introduces himself his name is Sebastian Saint Germain and do we want to do this well or any other things you want to say before we segue to oh <laughs> she has a simple and succinct sentence I hate this book
0: I mean I have more things to say about Celine we can come back to that yeah well it's more about the writing and less about the character we will circle back to her okay yeah well for one thing we meet Sebastian early on and the way he's written is like I'm I'm bad but I want to be good but I'm bad it's like you're a vampire everyone knows vampire folklore it's like she's trying to invent a new monster, but we know vampires are. Mm-hmm. We've read this story about vampires before. I mean, yes, th- some of them, they feel bad for killing, but they do because they got to eat. Like, yeah, we get it. So mm-hmm. just the way she's setting him up is just so... Lame. It's just it's lame. lame. It's yeah. I was trying to find a better word for it, but I can't. It's lame. <laughs>
1: There's no better word. No. <laughs> so... um, He's in the alley doing his thing, and
0: we like this because um, I wrote in my notes. (laughs) Do we like this? No, we don't like it. But I think Renee Adier missed her calling for cheesy romance because the way she writes is very breathy and bodice ripping. And so, we're going to do a reenactment of an exceptional part where we think this fits well. For your enjoyment. Yes. Take it away, Don. Okay. Right here? Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait, you do not command me? Yeah. Or... You do not command me, Sebastian, Celine said, her tone precise. I defy
1: you to try. Sebastian took in a careful breath. I accept your challenge, Mademoiselle. With a wicked half-smile, he took hold of her by the waist and moved her to one side, lifting her off of her feet as though she were lighter than air
0: celine reacted on impulse the desire to immobilize him as he had her her booted toes dangled above the cobblestones matching them at eye level she grabbed sebastian by his silk cravat yanked tight her expression determined her eyes widened with surprise a spark of fire burning in their depths (laughs) the indentation of his cheek appeared for less than an instant he was
1: amused unmitigated ass she tightened her grip on his cravat, felt the fine fabric wind through her fingers, refused to avert her gaze, though he held her in the air like a puppet on a string. Celine, Pippa's voice was high-pitched. Celine, Celine didn't need to guess how shocked her friend was. Pippa lurched closer, panic unfurling from her skin. Forgive us for the interruption, sir. Though Pippa addressed Sebastian, his gunmetal eyes never strayed from Celine's. We need to leave," Pippa urged her.
0: "Put me down, Monsieur Saint Germain," Celine demanded. At once,
1: to her surprise, Sebastian set her upon her feet. But did he? He did not remove his palms from about her waist. Just as Celine did not relinquish her grasp on his cravat, even though her corset—god damn it—even <laughs> through her corset, she felt the touch of his thumb above her hip the press of his long fingers into the small of her back, and her pulse thudded in her chest, its rhythm fast and fervent. She has teeth, he said quietly, but does she also have claws? There's only one way to find out, she meant
0: it as a threat. He took it as a challenge. Sebastian's smile was quick, unstudied. Unusual in a boy who obviously pride himself on control, the edge of his features sharpened, leading Celine to suspect he wasn't merely amused. Was it possible he was intrigued? Like this is—it—it sounds cheesy romance. It's so bad. That's kind of how I read her her words on a page, and I feel like I shouldn't be reading it like I know, that. But it's I like, am. Is
1: this—is this a corny YA smut? I'm confused. How it's reading, and then when she th- so this is so this is the juxtaposition between these kinds of scenes and the quick little racial and social commentaries she attempts to throw in her books. Do You see what I'm saying here? Something is not right. No. So,
0: um, speaking of c- commentary and whatever, so Celine, let's talk about Celine mm-hmm. and how she's constantly like, okay, so we learn that. In France, she killed someone because he attacked her, probably trying to rape her. And she mm-hmm. killed him with a, a chandelier or something. Um, and so then she has to get on a boat and go away before she's like convicted of murder. So she's equating that with being bad because she murdered someone. Sure, I get that. But then she's like, she's constantly telling the reader... Um, Proper young women certainly wouldn't feel so enlivened by the very idea of danger, nor seeking it out. She's constantly saying, I'm bad and I shouldn't be. I should be a a nice young girl. But it's like, it's too on the nose because as someone who's read several books or any person, you know she's going to grow because... Feminist tells us, feminism tells us that you can be dangerous and still be a lady. Like, and so so at one, some point she's going to figure that out and she's going to do it. I don't like it when I can see your growth. Yeah. Like, don't make it so obvious. And Renee Adier does that all yeah. the time. Yeah. All the time. It doesn't develop. It's told. Yeah. And there's no room to discuss. No. There's no discussion about Celine and what type of a person she is because Renee has told us already.
1: Mm-hmm. So we don't need to discuss anything. And repeatedly tells us by using their internal monologues yes. and, and and feeding it back to the character. In in literally the exact next sentence, the, the other character that Celine is, is talking to will be like, Oh, you're so this or you know, you're so smart, or you're oh blah blah blah. Like yeah, the the, the narration leaves very little to actually observe her growth.
0: Yeah. And that's why we're not having a discussion right now. Right. Because there's nothing to discuss. All right. we can do is pick it apart. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing here. Right. Unfortunately.
1: We were like, this is going to be some <laughs> short-ass episodes. <laughs> We've got nothing. <sighs> that's why we should just do a dramatic reenactment every episode, because it's yeah. at least a couple minutes. Yeah. That's funny. Um... um I, I don't have a whole lot else to say except I mean, are you anything else it's you want to say about Celine?
0: Um, nothing else about Celine. There is a couple other things. Are you going to get to the good thing? Yeah, I was okay. going to. Yeah. Well, before you get to the good thing, um kind of piggybacking on where she has these really weird transitions where, you know, we're trucking along, we're telling the story and then bam, something weird comes out. So, I think it's page 96 where Peppa Odette and you know, um, Celine has like said that she's met Sebastian, and you know, Odette's like, Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then she's like, Oh, but watch out for the snake. Where the fuck did the snake come from? Just out of nowhere, I, no transition. Mm-hmm. Odette just happens to be looking on the ground, and they're like, Watch well, on the ground. Oh, just watch out for Toussaint, his snake. So this is where, and then she says, Then Celine says, I just have to say it because it's funny. Mm-hmm. Celine mm-hmm. says, She calls. Sebastian's giant snake and it's in the (laughs) town it's it's like (laughs) such a euphemism oh
1: my god so okay this is where sometimes let me start that over again again when you work in libraries and are really knowledgeable about like authors who are friends and authors who go on tour together you start to know that like Renee Adia, Adia she's friends with Sabata here, she's really good friends with Roshni Chakshi. And you start to see certain elements of other writers' writing show okay. up in other people's writings. And so, this is a perfect example to me. I didn't realize it until you pointed it out. Roshni Chakshi does this really well. She will insert something that's funny and bizarre into the storyline to deepen a character's development. And for me, it works. In this situation, it seems bizarre. We are not. It's ju- it just doesn't fit in this scene, and and so it's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm getting I'm getting that influence of another writer kind of trying to come through because I didn't get any of this from her other books. There was like no comedy or no like small little funny asides in no. Flame of the Mist, you know. I think Adie tries to keep her books relatively serious. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be, like, historical fantasy-ish. With a feminist conflict. Yeah. And then these things show up. (laughs) I'm sorry. I can only imagine the face I just made. But, like, Roshni Chakshi does that really well. She has a, like, she as a person has a very snarky, sarcastic, like, humorous uh, personality and voice. And that comes across in her writing. And I i don't follow renee Adier, so i don't admittedly i don't know who she is Mm -hmm. as a person but like this is not something i'm used to seeing in her writing and it reminds me of another author Oh, so i'll just put that out there you can disagree with me (laughs) you being the listener yeah um just only other couple things
0: i noticed is about renee Adier's writing she and this is a deal breaker for me she does this thing, and she's already done it twice, we're only on page 98, where she uses eavesdropping as advancing the plot. So, Celine has already eavesdropped on two major conversations to advance the plot. That is lazy writing. Um, yeah,
1: that's true. Also, Adie
0: wow. I feel like she's writing sitting next to a thesaurus, because oftentimes she uses fancy words that she doesn't need to. And the one I noted... Was when they're at Jacques, and she's looking around the room, and she says, "Celine recognized him as the ruler of this culinary domain." <laughs> just say restaurant. We don't need culinary domain. I don't. I don't like that. It's like you're trying too hard. I can
1: see you trying too hard. And like ruler, connotes this image of like a medieval king. You know, it's like yeah. it just doesn't fit with the scene you're trying to set.
0: Unless he is like. A mob boss. I don't know.
1: Maybe he's, he's, he's a mob not boss. He's the restaurant manager. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's just a restaurant manager. It's, that's not the it's not a just. It's just that's what yeah. he that's what he does. That's a position of authority. We can call it what it is. We don't need to say ruler, ruler of this culinary domain. Is that what it says in his resume? <laughs> like come on. That's what you're gonna put on your resume i'm sorry can i see your cv please i yes i worked for 15 years as the ruler of a culinary domain named it's ridiculous oh man all right that's
0: that's that's all i got
1: yeah um so on to what we did like because there was something thank god um we really appreciated the end of this chapter section where, um, Celine, again, she makes it to Jacques, and she's with Odette, the woman who she's designing this dress or outfit for, and Odette is introducing this space of Jacques to us, and for a recap, you know, it's, like, this hangout for mentalists and illusionists, and she kind of demonstrates some of her skill, they see, like, chess pieces, like, end their own game, and, like, they see some other really cool stuff, I'm interested in that. Yeah, I like Odette as a character so far. Um, I'm I like that she is a soothsayer and she can like potentially see the future. I think that's going to add a you know a a different element to the story. Um, anything you wanted to say? Yeah, about I mean,
0: it appeared earlier on with Arjun. He like touched that guy. That's right. And he fell asleep. So Arjun has some sort of power too. So I, yeah, I feel like this is the only interesting thing in a book because I've not seen this in a YA book yet. Yeah. Um. And so I hope Adi does something with it and not on the nose. Like, please develop these characters well. Please. Maybe they're not vampires. Maybe they are mentalists and illusionists and. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah we'll see where this goes but this did in fact spark like a bit of hope in me Mm -hmm. so that's great yeah um better late than never i suppose but yeah you're right i like there's magic in every fucking ya book but Mm -hmm. not like this no not where it's like an an illusion or like some kind of um non-fantasy paranormal based magic so she could have something really good here i hope so yeah That's it.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, if you're reading The Beautiful or you read The Beautiful, I hope you're enjoying it better than we are so far. Hopefully it gets better. Let us know if it gets better. Or don't. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we will catch you in the next podcast.